You are listening to the IoT for All Media Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IoT for All podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Chacon, and on today's episode, we have Rachel Richter and Ross Schumacher, the co-founders and managing partners of Inline, a company focused on helping organizations align uh, internally and removing barriers to allow those organizations to really thrive when it comes to digital transformation. Uh, so we talk a lot about digital transformation in this episode. We talk about kind of what is needed for digital transformation to be successful across industries. We talk about what companies or why companies still struggle with implementation, even though there are new technologies out there to make this easier. And then we also dive into what Inline calls their silent killers. Um, these are three focus areas that organizations can, should be really paying attention to in order to succeed with IoT and digital transformation success. But before we get into that, if any of you out there are looking to enter the fast growing and profitable IoT market, but don't know where to start, Check out our sponsor, Leverage. Leverage's IoT solutions development platform provides everything you need to create turnkey IoT products that you can white label and resell under your own brand. To learn more, go to iotchangeseverything.com. That's iotchangeseverything.com. And without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the IoT for All podcast. Welcome, Rachel and Russ, to the IoT for All show. Thanks for being here this week. Hey, great to see you, Ryan. Yeah, it's great to talk to you. It's been uh, it's been a while since we spoke, and and Russ, you're new to the to the to the, to the team or the the side of things from my yeah. relationship of knowing Rachel. So uh, yeah. nice to meet you. Great to meet you as well. Um, so we have a lot I want to talk about today. I think there's a lot of interesting things to to kind of cover from your all's perspective. But the first thing I think would be good is to have you both introduce yourself to our audience quickly. Just tell us a little bit about your background, experience, who you are, that kind of thing. Okay, so I am Rachel Richter, one of the co-founders at Inline, and my background is really deeply embedded in the digital transformation space and also working with organizations to uh, more fully align their strategy and people with their technology. Okay, Russ? Yeah, so I'm also uh, one of the co-founders, um, and uh, my background, I came from... Um, marketing and, and organizational development and really um, joined with Rachel when we were working on a project together and we found that we had so much alignment in the way that we worked. Um, mm -hmm. And as we talked about projects that we could, um, you know, bring to fruition and how do we take our strengths and really um, our, our passions for helping organizations thrive, it led to the creation of alignment or of, of inline. Fantastic. Um, so let's talk a little bit about inline here. Obviously, Rachel, when I first met you, um, this was SmartRex was what you were doing. And now this is a new company, which I actually confused me when I was reading um, the, the information. I was trying to find SmartRex in my data and, in, and, and sheets to kind of plan. And then I was like, wait, this is the company name has changed and everything. So, so tell us a little bit about the, um, the change in name, um, just why. And at the same time, what you all do. Absolutely. So again, um, so it was SmartRex and the idea behind SmartRex was better requirements for better outcomes. And what I realized through doing that work with enterprise uh, organizations is that we weren't, we were focusing on better requirements for better outcomes, but we also needed better alignment for better outcomes. And okay. so the very blueprint that we came up with uh, SmartRex actually translated quite well in use to the alignment of people, strategy, and needs across stakeholders and the organization and the initiatives that we were working on. And that's when uh, Russ and I started having some really powerful and deep conversations about alignment 
because one of the pieces that the enterprise clients uh, gave to us is, listen, the requirements work. That was really, 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 really important. But the thing that our board and our and the C-suite and the leadership amongst these departments, the thing that they're all relieved and happy about is the alignment you gave to our staff and our people mm-hmm. and aligning it with the strategic initiatives and the needs that our staff had al- along with the board's needs. So kind of it... That's the, um, the impetus for having this deeper conversation of, wait a second, so you paid for this and we started doing these other projects to create alignment and you, you wanted that more, right? This right. idea right. that the requirement work is really important, especially within a digital transformation effort, but that if you don't align your people and your strategy along with your technology, um, you don't get the result. And so we mm-hmm. started the very framework that we had for alignment. And so then we thought, well, what, like, what is it about alignment? Um, And actually Russ alluded to this is thriving, right? We want people to be able to thrive and the organization to be able to thrive. You can't do that without alignment. And so that's when we switched to this idea of, oh, let's just be in line. We'll take the framework and keep applying it to alignment. Well, part of what, what happened is, um, Coming out of, I, I haven't. Uh, I've been working at a, a consulting company, and, and coming out of this, as I work with Rachel, we realized that you can have all of your requirements for an individual project, but if that project itself is not um, in alignment with the organization's strategy, not only on paper sure. but actually in practices, uh, the number one reason that projects fail uh, is having an executive um, champion who's sure. not devoting enough time. Right. So they're saying on paper, this is our, our top strategic priority and they're devoting two or three hours a week to it when really they need to be devoting, you know, one or two full days a week. And so um, right. that's that's kind of at, at the top level. That's a huge piece of this alignment where if, if we have an individual project that has all the right requirements, but the executive champions not devoting that time to it, it doesn't matter. The project's still not going to succeed because it, it mm-hmm. needs that that leadership from the top. And so um, right. what we're doing now is really this this beautiful blend of Yes, we're going to get down into the nitty gritty and make sure we have all of those requirements and everything is in alignment. But we're also working with the executives to say, you know, if this really is your strategy, we need to have the time and the resources devoted to it and, and full commitment from you. Um, and if it's not, then maybe we need to rethink, you know, the focus that we're putting on this project and look at other ways we can help your organization succeed. Yeah, and that, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm starting to really understand kind of why the the name change and kind of the overall, I guess, what you've learned through coming from SmartRex into uh, um, the, the newly formed organization um, and kind of your overall focus and why it's so important for digital transformation and, and IoT, obviously. So as we connect in a little bit more to the IoT space specifically, talk to me about what a typical kind of engagement looks like with a company. Are you Is this more of like a consulting relationship? Are you um, how are you, you know, what, what role are you playing in their journey of adoption, um, whether it's, you know, IOT or, or higher level digital transformation as a whole? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in on this. Then Rachel, I'm sure you'll have um, things to add, but we, yeah, we are coming on board as consultants. Um, okay. a, a great example might be, we see a lot of organizations who are in the middle of, um, a, a digital transformation project. And, and lost an executive, right? Maybe a VP of innovation left. And uh, while they're trying to hire a new person to fill this role, the project is stalled. And even okay. when they when they hire somebody new to come on board, 
Um, how do they make sure that person understands the project fully, has the stakeholder buy-in and whatnot? So we right. might come in with um, with the new executive and, uh-huh. and help them get onboarded, help them ensure that the process is rolling smoothly, that their leadership mm-hmm. style um, and the style of their team is, 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 um, is driving. Or we might come in with the organization um, who's saying, hey, you know, we just lost our project leader. Can you help us ensure that this project is, is going to run smoothly? Right. Um, and, and we would also work with organizations who um, they have their teams intact, but they, they just are at this place where they're realizing to, to really execute this well, um, they need better alignment than they currently have. You know, it, to go from a great idea, um, to go from a budget and actually, you know, uh, a basic plan to actually a, pro- uh, a successful project that is meeting stakeholder needs um, is, is more difficult than, than people might think. Um, mm. McKinsey did a recent study where they surveyed a few thousand people and the, and the result uh, was that over 80%, I think it was 84% of stakeholders um, said that when, after a, um, a digital transformation project, it didn't actually change the way they work or improve their work. Right. Uh, so we're here to help fix that number. Interesting. Okay. And Rachel, on your side, um, talk a little bit, I guess, expand on obviously what, what, what Russ is saying, but I'm, I'm curious just to learn a little bit more from your perspective, um, kind of how this all fits into or how IOT companies can be thinking about this. Okay. So the idea is, and I know that this is very basic, but it's, it's worth mentioning um, because, well, when people think about IOT, it yep. serves a purpose. It's supposed to meet a business or a market need. Right. Right. So for some reason that gets lost in translation, the deeper you go into these projects and the tech, it becomes okay. like funk works thing, or we're going to experiment and do this thing and see if the pilot works out. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they try to translate it to the rest of the organization and scale it. But like, if you're not meeting the needs of the people who actually sure are going to be either your customers, uh, internal or external, or meet the business or market need, then that tech just kind of doesn't go anywhere. And so when right. people are struggling in the IoT space, it's normally because that it doesn't translate to the human who's actually getting value out of the thing. Whether okay. that is, if you have, for instance, a trucking company with a lot of sensors on it, some of those might help the truck driver Others might mm-hmm. actually help leadership back in the C-suite understand what's happening with the fleet as a whole to yeah. be able to make moves or pivot uh, strategically. But okay. if the sensors aren't doing, aren't capturing the right things at the right level and the right data segments, right? All of that's very, very technical. But if it's not doing it in a way that's then edible to those various groups, right. it's not doing the job. It's not meeting the business or the market need. And so one of the struggles that I've seen within the IoT community in terms of projects specifically is, is around that, right? Because okay. I'm a numbers person through and through, but there, there is an unlimited way to analyze information and to right. get use out of information. And a lot of times we don't get use out of it. It becomes noise. And so again, mm-hmm. as Russ said, hitting the nail on the head again, it's a business or a market need there's a strategy behind it. How is down to the very tech that you're using, the audience that you have, the customers that you right. have, how does all of that connect back to meeting that business or market need and helping the people mm-hmm. who are in charge of executing on meeting that need work? And so you can start to see right. at a granular level with the actual um, devices themselves, 
and the information they provide and how they connect into the ecosystem because they don't exist in a bubble, right? It's usually within a larger transformation effort or okay. other um, software or hardware that's integrated. How does right. that all fit to uh, enable that need to be met further? And what does it need, mean to meet that need, right? Some, sometimes um, we get confused with metrics of like technical superiority or competence to mean, um, to mean success. But okay. really there's only one metric of success and that is, is the customer satisfied both internally and externally. Gotcha. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I, oh, so go ahead. Go ahead. Is there anything else? I was just going to say, so, you know, and your customers might be both the executives, the truck drivers, yeah. in the example, sure. um, it could be a regulatory group. It could be a consumer group of some sort. Like yep. there are lots of definitions for the word customer. And so mm -hmm. then you have to start right. aligning those needs within those very technical software architectures to actually give the information and the support needed. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Russ. Oh, well, I was going to say, you know, another way to talk about it is um, creating feedback so that it's not just um, a top down, but we're also giving okay. that bottom up um, feedback as, as projects sure. are implemented to say, cool, you have this new gadget that does all these great things. But um, our, you know, we live in, a, in, a, in an era when um, we have as much information as we need. We have more than enough information, but are we capturing the right information? And, and really culling out the right pieces um, to help people improve what they're doing at that really granular day-to-day level. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I appreciate kind of um, kind of shedding light on how it, how it all kind of fits to the IoT space because a lot of what you're saying, those are areas that I think people and companies really struggle with, which also are the contributors to why a lot of IoT adoption hasn't been successful. So that kind of leads into another part of the conversation, which I think would be great to get a little bit more detailed on, which is from your all's perspective, what is needed to make digital transformation or, or even you know, break it down towards the IoT space, IoT um, projects more successful? And why do you think companies are still struggling with implementation, um, uh, even with like new technologies and new, new ways to, in a sense, make their lives easier, but they're still struggling with it, right? Companies of all sizes are struggling, whether it's because of buy-in they're getting, whether it's because of budget, whether it's because of legacy systems already, you know, you name it. Um, but from your perspective, talk to me about those two areas. What's needed to make digital transformation and IoT successful? And then at the same time, why are we seeing companies still struggle to get off the ground or really be successful with pilots and projects that they're deploying? Well, I have a one-word answer. Alignment. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And, and so, you know, that, that's a really simple answer, but, um, the reason we named our company inline and the reason we focus on this is that it really is the umbrella term. I mean, if you can get, um, if you can get everyone in an organization rowing in the same direction at the same pace, you can do anything. Um, sure. when an organization is fully in alignment, it's unstoppable. It's going to be the market leader. It's going to be achieving its metrics. Um, and so we're coming in, you know, there are other, there are other organizations, other consulting firms that kind of help um, companies figure out issues and, and solve them. But it's often, here's our 25 step process. Right. Or, you know, it's, it's just, it's too complicated. And so um, what we work really hard to do is to simplify the process. You know, we, we don't want to, we don't want to ignore real problems. So we're very rigorous in, in the work that we do as far as data collection, as far as sure. really making sure we understand the problem, we're getting to the root of the issues, um, you know, uncovering hidden roadblocks, 
sometimes there's unknown unknowns. People don't even know what it is they're running up against. Um, I mean, we've all experienced this, right? We're working on a project and we kind of, we hit this block and it be, we can't figure it out. So we just move on to something else, right? That, that's this hidden roadblock. Um, and until that's addressed, until it's, it's, a, it's, um, it's communicated maybe up to another level of management or to a peer who can help work on it, it just becomes a, a roadblock that hinders the progress of a project. Um, sure. so, so we're coming in and saying, look, we can help you achieve this alignment. We're going to dig into um, you know, your entire processes. We're going to perform interviews with your stakeholders. We're going to send out surveys with anonymous feedback. We're going to aggregate that data. Um, mm -hmm. present it back to leadership, present it back to the stakeholders to make sure that everyone really understands both the goals, the roadblocks, the issues, um, so that we can then create the road, create a roadmap. And then as the project is implemented along that roadmap, we're providing points of reference and correction. So we're constantly going back to that step one. Here's the data we collected. Here is the goal of the project. Um, mm -hmm. Here are the potential pitfalls. Are we actually solving those three months in, six months in, uh, 12 months in um, so that it's not turning into its own beast, you know, that is doing something, but it's not necessarily what we wanted to do. Um, so th that's my, my simple answer. Um, but it's, it, I think it's absolutely correct. You know um, it doesn't have to be complicated. Uh, we, we deal with so, enough complicated issues in, in the world right. today. So let's, let's talk about how we can um, get your, your team in alignment. So when it comes to kind of the hidden roadblocks that you kind of were mentioning or just roadblocks in general, I'm sure like what, what are some of those specifically aside from the alignment of people within inside and outside of, of, of the company, whether it's or, and, and, or I guess inside or outside of leadership per se, um, what are some of those other roadblocks to execution that you all have seen or witnessed with companies you've worked with? Yeah. So um, as I talk about uh, the, I call them actually, there's what Russ is talking about really is the three silent killers of digital okay. transformation and okay. IOT transformation, right? So lack of alignment between people, the mm -hmm. hidden blocks to execution and insufficient touch points. So when you think about roadblocks to execution, um, one of the biggest is something we alluded to earlier where it's a top-down approach. So very, and you know, most people intrinsically know this, but it's helpful to say it anyways. Sure. Very seldom are the informed and the empowered in the same room, right? Okay. The informed being people outside of leadership on the ground. Right, right, um, right. And the empowered being leadership. So if they're not in the same room, how do you be, how do you make sure? So the roadblock is they're not in the same room. So the informed and the empowered aren't connecting the way they need to be. So you can do two things. One, Put them more in the same room, the right people in the right sure. room at the right time. Sure. Sure. So that's one thing, which there's a whole process to that. Who are those people? How do you find them? How do you make sure they connect and align? Right, right, there's, right, right. There's that piece. That's one part of the roadblock. The other part is how do you make it so that the informed become more empowered to do okay. that work and the empowered become more informed, right? Sure. So now you start getting into your technical systems and automated workflows and reporting and analysis to all mm -hmm. connect back to what Russ was talking about earlier regarding feedback so that, again, we can move things out of the way to put action um, in place. And, you know, when we talk about alignment, I think it's also helpful here to mention how we define it, right? So alignment is action, accurately reflecting priorities and purpose. Okay. You can think of that on a personal level, 
which might help digest the concept a bit more, right? When you know you're out of alignment, if your priorities and your intentions or your purpose aren't actually connecting to your actions, right? But on an organizational level or a team level or a project level or an initiative level, it's the same thing. If the actions of what's going on are not connecting to the priorities of that thing, that organization, that initiative, and the purpose of that initiative, then you're out of alignment. Mm-hmm. And so what's really powerful about this is it creates the following, auditability and accountability. We can now go into an organization and assess, are your actions accurately reflecting your priorities and your purpose? We can assess yeah. that at different cross sections and levels. So when you think about a uh, digital transformation effort or an IoT initiative, where, as you said, why is it no matter what certifications and technology we've been throwing at it over the last two decades, you and I have both seen that data, Ryan. Mm-hmm. It's the same over two yeah. decades. And no matter what we've thrown at it. And the thing is, if we're not going back and making sure that the actions of whatever is happening is accurately reflecting the priorities of that initiative and the purpose of it, and that that all connects back to the strategy of the larger organization and connects to the needs of the customers, right? Right. Then we can know, okay, this part needs to change, which then leads to the, 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 the roadblocks themselves of how do you move the informed mm-hmm. and the empowered into the same room? And when sure. you can't do that sufficiently, how do you make sure that the empowered become more informed and the informed become more empowered? Because even my hands right now, I have this dynamic where one's higher than the other. It's sure. really equal, right? So that's that's when you know you've done it the right way in terms of a power dynamic in these um, initiatives. So Fantastic. does that help answer? Yeah, absolutely. I was curious um, just to kind of expand on the points Russ was making, which were good, good, like obviously uh, in and of themselves, but understanding how you all are thinking about it and why these are so important and why they're really contributing to digital transformation not taking off in certain areas or the way we expected it to, Um, which kind of ties me to another question I wanted to ask, which is around outside of what's needed to make digital transformation successful or why we're seeing companies struggle. What are what are some other more specific challenges that you've seen with on the adoption side of digital transformation? Like not not even just like what's not allowing them to get um, or allowing them to succeed once they've adopted, but even before. Like how are like what is stalling adoption in certain areas and certain focuses? So you know, is there an educational or a lack of education that needs to be to be focused on? Is are there different pieces that um, maybe we could address or just kind of hear from your side on what's even causing people not to get to the adoption stage. Um, Russ, do you want me to take this one or do you have initial thoughts? Um, Either way, I have thoughts, but I know you do too. And (laughs) I know that we're in alignment. So, (laughs) okay. I would just love to throw out there that um, the adoption process, you know, again, so communication um, is something that isn't just, it, it should not be secondary. If you're trying as an organization to be communicating why this tech adoption is important and what it does, this should not be from your frame of reference. It should be from your customer's frame of reference. So when we, again, if we think about alignment, actions accurately reflecting priorities and purpose, that person mm-hmm. has a different priority and purpose on an individual level as a right. person who needs to adopt the technology than someone who's saying you need to do this thing, right? And so... The way that I've seen and how I've made adoption successful is not through what most would call Jedi mind tricks, but really having that person, seriously, I've been asked that, um, having that person feel seen and heard. And I, and I really mean that 
seen and heard as in I'm understanding what their concerns are, where they're coming okay. from, how this relates to the technology, what barriers exist in their workflow that's impinging or rather um, inhibiting their adoption uh, successfully. A lot of times what's one of the most problematic things that I've seen around adoption is A, the language used uh, gets reinterpreted by someone on the ground thinking that something bad is going to happen to them as a result of this thing. Okay. Right? So that, that's the first part is right. there's a whole fear of, wait, you're talking about automation. Is my job going away? Right? So then there's, well, I'm not going to go do that. I will do everything I can to resist that change. The second part is, what? But my workflow is so easy right now. Why do I have to change? And then it's a question of, well, if you had a magic wand, it's one of the questions they ask, or it's Christmas day and you just had a wish list of things that on Friday was bothering you. And on Monday morning, you come in and shift. What would those be? Because right. if that tech actually solves some of that, which inevitably it does, that's why it's happening, right? And people actually knew that, they would start being your biggest supporters and even ambassadors to the adoption throughout the organization. Instead of a top-down adoption, it starts being um, a middle out. Gotcha. Okay. Those are, great, those are great points. And I'll add, um, sometimes a barrier is uh, leadership has just tried to do too many things and done mm -hmm. successfully. It's the boy who cried wolf, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so the average employee is thinking, yeah, we're using this today. In six months, it's going to be something else. I'm not going to keep learning new systems and spending all my time on this. Yeah. So that's a trust issue, right? Sure. And and uh, it does tie back to communication, but leadership really needs to do a good job of, of earning buy-in and recognizing, right. um, you know, we say tech doesn't transform itself. Um, it's, it's the people that really are behind this. And so um, taking, you know, we're, we're all humans. And so it's, you know, whether you're in the workplace or you're in the home or, or wherever you are, the, the same principles apply. Um, yep. And so, you know, we really believe in show, don't tell. And so right. it's, um, it's recognizing that we're not just cognitive computers walking around that just need information. Right. Um, we need to actually transform in the way people feel about things. We need to earn their trust. Um, earning trust allows for healthy conflict so that people mm -hmm. can push back and express that, um, hey, I don't, I don't think this is going to be helpful. This is just another one of those projects that is going to fail. That, that ability to have that open and honest communication so that you're mm -hmm. earning that buy-in and then um, with buy-in, people actually then achieve that commitment. Um, so it's it's the top down saying we really are devoted to this. Right. We're not going to do this again in six months. We're putting the actual time in from day one to bring sure. to make sure that we're we're getting your requirements and earning your your trust and your buy-in. And yep. you know, from the bottom up, it's saying um, I feel that ability to push back and express you know what my needs are what my hesitations are and have that open and honest communication. Yeah, I think it's super important to understand what, what role each of those kind of top down versus bottom up play in the success of these deployments, which you've hit on multiple times in different ways here. But you know, just to kind of summarize it, obviously, the, the buy in from the decision makers up top are the ones who are going to allow this to go through. They're going to put the budget forward to have this you know, get past potentially even a pilot stage, even if the person who brought it in is somebody down, you know, uh, maybe mm -hmm. closer to the yep. work. But then on the other side is if you don't have the buy-in from the individuals who are going to be using these solutions or these interfaces on a regular basis, then you're going to be building kind of blind. Yep. Um, so I think understanding how those, how both are super important to the success. And if you're missing one, it's going to most likely fail um, is, is incredibly important, which, which is kind of what we've been talking about today. So, um, so this is, Sure, go oh, ahead. 
just wanted to add one more thing um, to anyone who's listening to this. A lot of the time, what I've seen really upsets end users the most is when they're brought into the process too late, usually around oh, acceptance testing, right? Sure. So when they're sure. brought in earlier, now it's not seen as defensive. How do I fight against this? I wasn't consulted. It's, oh, I'm helping build something that's better for me. Mm -hmm. I get invested in this. And therefore right. that it makes a huge difference, um, which yep. then brings us back to the point of how do you cast a large net to really understand who your stakeholders truly are? Because we've right. all seen projects where people show up midstream for right. some reason. Right. And you need to have a process that, that makes sure that that does not happen. Yeah. Totally. Totally makes sense. You know, it's also really important to do a gut check um, when you're thinking of a, a project like this. Um, and that means, you know, go through your organization and find out, like, who, do you have teams that are going outside of your systems because they just think it's too complicated and they, they don't have that trust? We've seen this so many times where um, there's a project management subscription or some, you know, some platform, some software that the whole organization is supposed to be using. And 40% of the teams are paying for subscriptions to something else. Right. And so leadership thinks, hey, look, we're using this great platform, but the people actually using it are not actually using it or because right. it's not meeting the requirements. They were never trained on it, whatever that might be. So even before, you know, kicking something off or, or as step one, you know, when you're bringing mm -hmm. on all these different stakeholders at the very beginning, it's so important to say, like, hey, are you guys actually using what we have? And are you going outside of the system and kind of doing things on the DL? Um, right. Because more often than not, like. In, a, in, a, in an unhealthy organization, um, you're going to see a lot of that. Sure. Absolutely. So, so to wrap this up, um, what I'd love to have you, you both do is you kind of talk a little bit about um, what is the, you know, what does 2022 look like, like for you all? What is, um, you know, what are some exciting use cases that you're comfortable sharing, even if you don't, you don't take customer names, but just high level use cases you're involved in or looking forward to being involved in. And at the same time, if anybody out there listening has questions or wants to follow up and learn more, uh, connect with you all, what's the best way to do that? Did you want to start or do you want me? Great. No, uh, yeah, go for it. Okay. So um, our most recent use case of this is an enterprise level organization where there were 50 people plus across leadership invested in, and the organization, of course, invested in digital transformation um, for a three-year time period mm. and across multiple departments. Um, when we came in, it was really um, to understand from the very beginning what was being missed from all of these different portfolio of initiatives that fell within this larger effort. Okay. And also communicate that better to everyone right. in the company um, was, was quite critical because that had not gotten off on necessarily the, the best footing. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we actually did a combination of individual interviews across all of leadership and senior management and the C-suite. Sure. Um, and then actually got into more of the staffing level and validated those results and found the key four pillars that the digital transformation effort needed to create consistently over the next three years so okay. that they had a North Star to follow because sure. otherwise each of those projects kind of stays in its own little lane, right? Something mm -hmm. with marketing is, is for marketing or, or you know, communication right. strategy. Right. Something for data warehousing, is that, that's that thing. Um, but if you look at that North Star, those four pillars across the entire 
uh, portfolio of projects that are happening as, as part of this massive multi-year effort, now you can start to see exactly the priorities and the purpose of each of those things and start right. aligning to that, which is absolutely critical in that. Yeah. So that, that was very helpful for it. Great. And um, what was yeah, the second part of your question? Uh, how can anyone listening learn more, connect with you all, follow up, ask questions, just engage with you outside of the podcast? Yeah, that's easy. Go to um, getinline.com. That's okay. get i n l i g n uh, okay. dot com, and you can um, you can contact us there. Read some of our um, our blogs and insights, and fantastic. Um, get some more information. We'll be launching a podcast um, this year, so cool. Um, hopefully, people will subscribe to that as we launch. And yep. um, we're also in growth mode, so we're looking at bringing um, some more people onto our team through um, a merger, and um, and really looking at how do we help companies achieve alignment. You know, yep. we're, we're in this this time of global transformation, um, right. whether that's through uh, the great resignation or whether it's just companies pivoting to um, what does remote work look like or how do we mm -hmm. operate differently with it, with the pandemic. Um, and mm -hmm. that's that's our sweet spot um, is really helping Fantastic. organizations navigate change and achieve um, alignment. Awesome. Well, I appreciate both your time today. It's been a fantastic conversation. Rachel Russ, thank you so much for being here. Mm -hmm. um, we look forward to getting this out and kind of having you uh, or having our, our audience learn a bit more about what's going on. I know, Rachel, you've kind of been engaging with our audience for a, a, a decent amount of time now. Um, and I know they, they everything's very well received. So this is a, a fantastic thing to kind of learn more about the new name, the new company focus, everything. It's, you're doing some wonderful stuff. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you both. Thanks a lot, Ryan. All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining us this week on the IoT for All podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a rating or review and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Also, if you have a guest you'd like to see on the show, please drop us a note at ryan at iotforall.com and we'll do everything we can to get them as a future guest. Other than that, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.